Welcome to Five Strike Weekly. It's 2020 and it is transfer window silly season. Rumors abound. And from the looks of it, Atlanta United are going to need to sign a lot of players because there are a lot of players that are rumored to be heading out the door. We get into all that and more coming up. Show Five Strike Fam, I'm AJ. This is Tanner McLeod. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This video is sponsored by Burr Burr Sushi. Burr Burr Sushi is a Japanese-inspired, fast casual eatery that offers ramen, sushi burritos, and poke bowls. Burr Burr delivers cuisine that's ethical, delicious, and fast. Guests can create their own rice bowls and sushi burritos through an array of fresh vegetables, marinated meats, and quality sauces. Also now serving a collection of traditional Japanese ramen. Welcome to the first episode of the new decade. Let's get right into the news. And the first thing on the docket is that LGP is pretty much almost all but officially going to Cholos or Club Tijuana. And that's multiple reports that are confirming that uh, with Cesar Luis Merlo and also Felipe Cardenas. And, and so, his Instagram. And his Instagram, pretty much. Well, I mean, yeah, I think they're vacationing in Cancun, but either way, That's they're in Mexico. Rather close to Club Tijuana. Right. And so I think either way, it's pretty close to happening. It's just a matter of dotting the T's and you know, crossing the I's or whatever it is. Uh, flip that around. But essentially, they... I always mix it up, too, by the way. Exactly. Like, it's dotting the I's and crossing the T's. But... Uh, it comes out first before I even like think about it, but anyway. I cross my eyes, but. Yeah, exactly right. That's because he's illiterate. No, he's not, but. <laughs> I mean, I am a Man United fan. <laughs> no, oh, man, he's just beating himself up about it. Anyway, uh, there was the kind of fan TV derby that happened, and uh, my team got a one. And uh, my team's terrible. Anyway, back to Atlanta United. Yes, back to LGP. Um, and so, essentially, it is, I think, incredibly uh, sad because it's a player that, you know, is from the very first year uh, in the inaugural year. He's been just a stalwart in this team. He's been, I think, a glue guy in this team as well in terms of not only the, uh, you know, Spanish-speaking players, but kind of uh, also bringing in guys under his wing when they do come into the team. He's really a guy that really welcomes everybody to Atlanta as well. Uh, not only first team guys, but also you know the other guys kind of in between on the, the fringe. Squad players, you know, uh, between even yeah, like one and two, of course. But um, yeah, so it's it's just a little bit uh, upsetting for a lot of people, I'm sure. Uh, but it is also yes, there will be someone brought in as a replacement because as of right now, there aren't a ton of options at our kind of back line that is pretty makeshift at the moment as well with uh, only one out and out experienced center back if LGP is confirmed to leave. Absolutely. I mean, right now you're looking at on the roster, Miles Robinson, Franco Escobar, and George Campbell, who hasn't played a single first team minute in any competition whatsoever. Um, yeah, that's a bit threadbare, especially yeah. if you're signing wing backs and you know looking to play with a back three. You have literally three center backs and you've lost three in one season. When we did the transfer update, I talked about how I didn't think the LGP move made a lot of sense because it leaves you so bare with such little time to sign a replacement. Now the question is, has this been something that's been in the works? Yes, we knew that LGP and you know Frank DeBoer did not have 
the best of a relationship. LGP came out and criticized him in public a couple times in terms of tactics, and there was a bit of a falling out there. It, things looked better towards the end of the season. Right. All it's, in always, all, it's always masked over and paper right. over the cracks with trophies. Absolutely. Oh. All in all, I don't think you know LGP had his best season this season. I don't think he was as good as he was in 2018. He had some moments where he did have some very silly mistakes that cost Atlanta United results and some points and some goals. But that being said, he's still one of the better players in Major League Soccer. He was working with the MSL, the MSL, MLS Players Association with the CBA negotiations. Mm -hmm. He was very involved with United, like you said, that glue guy, one of the few bilingual players. He was a guy that you could see wearing the armband. But yeah, it's gonna be a big loss for Atlanta United. It just comes down now to what the front office can do. They're going to be under pressure to replace someone of his quality and his mm -hmm. stature, both on and off the pitch. And now that's something that you know, I think we talked about it, you know, last year that this was going to really start to be a big change. Now we didn't think LGP was going to go, but right. started, we're going to start seeing more and more of those 17s leave because that's the nature of the game. And now we're starting to see that and it's going to put a lot of emphasis on the front office. Can you rebuild the squad or take the squad to the next level? And mm -hmm. that's going to be the next challenge that they face. Right. And, you know, in terms of uh, previous rumors, he was linked with Boba Juniors earlier last year in terms of... Uh, this season and this offseason, it really came out of nowhere that he was, uh, you know, kind of lined up to go. He kind of came uh, out, he nothing, and then he's going, yeah. like, overnight almost. Because, yeah, he almost really, a couple days before, had just mentioned he loves Atlanta and that he really doesn't seem, uh, see, like, uh, himself going. And then it's uh, kind of a flip of a switch, and it seems like it might be coming more from the front office than a choice of, you know, him wanting to go, because it seems like Cholos maybe is the one that are, like, kind of the aggressors they're wanting him because uh, he is yeah only 27 he's an asset I mean and if uh, you know whatever transfer free we get um, it's kind of the mo of what uh, Atlanta United did kind of pen to begin with uh, saying what Atlanta's uh, ethos is it is to yeah build uh, you know kind of unknown players and then sell them and so you know I think uh, in this regard it is kind of doing that but uh, is it a wise move with CCL coming up so close you have yeah just really such little time but on the flip side in 2017 when he was brought in they were all bedded in really quickly in that respect as well um but you also had a different type of manager at that point in time as well yes and well i mean yeah frank de boer yeah may not ever be really confused with a guy that's uh, really buddy buddy with his uh with his players but um you know it, it is different from what tata you know can and has done it's just uh i think with um you know having to kind of uh, I think the, the core of the players still, I think, are still with intact. LGP is definitely one of those core players, but um, it still is de definitely better than last season in terms of you know what he had to deal with in terms of the incumbent, uh, you know, changing the system on them and you know them kind of really kind of pushing back. And so I think this season. I think he's going to get more his way for sure, and, absolutely uh, for well, good or bad. But. Yeah, and I think this is one of those moves that you know you're looking at trebling or quadrupling the investment you made in terms of buying him, which is is smart in terms of yep. business. But also, you know, I kind of talked about it uh, on Twitter. You know, this is the kind of move that if you don't properly replace him. There's going to be questions of both the front office and of Frank DeBoer because clearly Frank, Frank DeBoer signed off on this move. You don't sell one of your starting center backs unless the manager's fine with it. So he's been involved in that. So they'll have to answer questions if they can't find someone that comes in or the team struggles there. I think for me, the other weird thing about moving LGP on is the fact that, you know, 
you've lost half of the spine of this team. Yeah. From goalkeeper to striker, you still have Brad Gazan and you still have Joseph Martinez, but you lost your most influential playmaker and midfielder in Darlington Nagby. Mm -hmm. And you're losing, yes, Miles Robinson has really come along, but in terms of who was that heartbeat of the defense, it was still LGP. He was the person that got in people's heads. He was the person that other teams hated playing against because he they knew he was going to get in on them. Yeah. You've lost two out of four of those guys. That's a big load on Miles Robinson now because he's gonna have to be counted on to continue to play the way that he is, and he's gonna have a new center back partner. Right. So that's a lot on the front office with you know 18 or so days left until preseason. Mm -hmm. There's at least two players that have to be brought into those positions. Right. It makes me wonder if that U.S. Open Cup match where he gets red carded essentially, it's uh, kind of kind of weighs heavily on Frank DeBoer's mind in that sense where, uh, you know, in a very important match, they had to pretty much, like, <laughs> buckle down without LGP. That's, uh, you know, maybe it was the thing where uh, they saw that they did it without LGP. Maybe we could do it for an entire season. I don't know. But is that kind of a, you I know? I mean, you're gonna, you're not, you're not gonna, insane. you're losing the ball playing ability of LGP, who yeah. is one of the best in Major League Soccer, being able to ping a ball across the field. Mm -hmm. I mean, Miles Robinson is not the type of center back. It's good to have him paired with one, and in my opinion, it's always, you know, that's the very, dynamic you want. It's very, you know, commonplace now to have both of your center backs being able to play on the ball. But yeah. in my opinion, you know, going back to like a Man United, when you had a Vidic and a Ferdinand, you had one that was good on the ball, and you had one that could absolutely clean anybody out and defend right. one v one. And when you put those two together, you have everything covered. Mm -hmm. And as far as Atlanta goes, to the degree that you can at MLS, they had that last season. So it's like we said, you know, we keep saying it's going to be a big job. You know, we'll see what happens, but it's putting pressure on the front office and we'll see if they can deliver. It is. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, also according to the athletic, he could be going and starting the, with their, uh, with Cholos on January 10th. And so, be you next know, week. yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see next week on Five Sharp Weekly. But um, yeah, it, it should be announced pretty soon here. Uh, and we're filming this on a Thursday uh, on the 2nd. Uh, it is a second, right? Yeah, yes, it, it is, is a second. second. Days but, uh, together oh my this God. time of year. Yeah. It's so weird. Holy crap. But uh, anyway, so uh, there's also, of course, uh, this other rumor. This is, we're kind of uh, going through what we've, uh, we're not able to cover from past weeks because of the holidays. And uh, we all wish you had wonderful holidays. Uh, but uh, in terms of, yeah, one of the rumors that maybe weren't as believable, but it was with PT's agent agreeing terms with Gremio, uh, it is uh, interesting. I mean, I, I don't think that was really plausible to begin with because, yeah, I think there are just so many factors that I think are hurdles in making a PT Martinez transfer happen at this moment. Yeah, and I, I took some heat for it in some of the comments on our Transfer Daily video and um, on Twitter as well for my opinion on it, that, you know, on the, the fact that I said it would be a backwards move for PT Martinez. And I guess to kind of fully explain why I feel like that would be a backwards move for PT Martinez, you have to look at his age and the time frame you're looking at. He's already, if he fails in Major League Soccer, I don't see how at his age going to Brazil and doing well is going to get him a move to a big European club. Mm -hmm. Because the pressure that he's going to face in Brazil is going to be a whole lot more than the pressure he faces here in Atlanta. There's a much more of a demand for him to do well and to perform at a high level and a high expectation. He would have to do well in one year there to get his move because he can't play two, three seasons in Grêmio and then move on. His best chance of getting to Europe right now is to have an incredible season with Atlanta United, play fantastically well in the CONCACAF Champions League, have a double-digit goal and assist season where he looks like an MVP candidate, and that will get him his move. Moving to Grêmio and doing okay there, he's still going to have the fact that he didn't do 
great in MLS. And it Bill looked Barr like he was time, walking yeah. away from MLS to find some another challenge. That's not gonna get him his, to his final goal. And so when I say it's a backward step, it's wasting his time almost mm -hmm. because he needs to succeed here. His quickest route to Europe is a great season with Atlanta, boom and go. Yeah, because he almost needs to reset by going to another team. And so it's like, well, then you have the same kind of thing where, yeah, uh, where he faced that at River Plate where his first year maybe wasn't the best. He was slated by River Plate fans and then, uh, yeah, subsequently did better. And then, uh, you know, in the third year, he uh, won them the, uh, the their trophies. And uh, so it's just like one of those, I think, where uh, it is uh, just a little bit implausible, but because I mean, Stranger think of it, if he goes to Grêmio and he struggles, it's done. He's not going to Europe. It, yeah. that, that dream's over. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's a big risk for him to take there, and he's getting paid well. He's I, I think you know he's going to do well this season, but yeah, I, it just we, we've said multiple times it just doesn't make sense, and I don't think Atlanta is going to get the money back because Grêmio is yeah. not going to pay fifteen million dollars for him. Yeah, and they might be uh, you know willing to spend more money, but I mean, it's just there's so many implausible things still and so yeah well but we'll move on from that and uh so the kind of you know atlanta united and sarah porteño midfielders uh that connection continues to happen and matias Biasanti is the player linked from sarah porteño uh he's yeah a midfielder who looks like a really decent box-to-box -box guy uh has a pretty attack-minded kind of uh, mindset where uh, he you know wants to look forward uh, and yeah some of the goals on his highlight reel are insane uh, I mean some of this was just wow I mean left-footed uh, so you kind of have maybe some shades of Miggy but I don't think he's got that electric pace just of different Miggy. position completely exactly um, and yeah he's the type of guy that yeah likes to get stuck in as well I mean yeah the uh, you know the tackles that you saw in, in those reels as well but we also need to realize these type of reels are also hype reels. And so... It's the best stuff. Let's pick the best bits we can have. But exactly. by all accounts, he's both smart positionally and in defense and a very technically gifted player, which is why, unfortunately, he's also being linked with Riados and with Monterrey, Monterrey who yeah. just recently won the Apertura, their first league title since 2010, I believe, which is kind of hard to believe, yeah. but yeah. And oh, they won the Champions League, so. Oh yeah, and they won the CONCACAF <laughs> Champions League and played Liverpool close, but oh. they've also been linked with this player as well, and it's rumored that they can offer a lot more money than we can, mm -hmm. so it's a very interesting situation because they can pay over a million dollars for him, and with Tam, we can't. So, right. and he so, would have to be a, 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 an allocation money player, a Tam yeah. player, and if he wants to get more money, Monterey is probably going to be that option. So we'll see what happens. But the fee is rumored around $6 million, which for a player of his quality, from what I've seen, like we said, it is a hype reel, looks pretty dang good, and he could be a really solid addition to the Atlanta midfield. Right. So, yeah, nothing concrete yet, but, uh, you know. Better happen soon, though. Preseason's only a couple weeks away. Let's make some <laughs> signings here, FO. This is true. This is true. But, uh, yeah, so another player uh, from, uh, well, you know, not really that we've been linked to before, the Scottish League, but maybe because of our uh, kind of new relationship with Aberdeen FC, uh, it is Jake Mulraney. He is a Hearts player that, uh, yeah, I think, I believe 23-year-old Irishman can play on the right or left side, uh, winger type of player, and there's not a whole lot on him in terms of, uh, you know, video, but in terms of his type of play, uh, yeah, it's kind of fewer and further between. He's kind of more of a death player on their squad as well. So, um, And I just want to 
fully put this out there. Hearts are terrible right now. Like yeah. they're probably getting relegated <laughs> from the Scottish Premiership. Terrible. So right. and uh, apparently the move was a two hundred two hundred thousand dollar pound move. Uh, and so and that's according to Daily Record. I don't think it's really the player that we should be going for. Uh, it's maybe a guy that's like, okay, you know, that's a good link, but you know, let's maybe try to find something a little bit more, uh, you know, promising. 23-year-old who hasn't really played a whole ton and uh, they're kind of relegation fodder maybe at this moment. Yeah, uh, I think we can maybe find a little bit higher profile than that, but uh, you know, it could happen still, but uh, it could just be a rumor. So um, also, uh, well, no, that does it for the transfer rumors and that gets us to some of the fixture dates that were announced against FC Montagua. Uh, for the Champions League, and they've been announced as Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. And uh, I don't, we don't need to say 2020, but it's just a reminder that, yes, we're in the new decade. Um, it's cr absolutely crazy. But um, And also February 25th, uh, and that's, at, of course, Fifth Third Bank Stadium. And so with that, uh, yeah, I mean, Tuesdays. Yeah, a little you bit. Here's something weird. Sure. I was in the math to make you feel old. This is the yeah. fifth decade you've been in. Okay, all right. We don't need to. <laughs> I'm just saying, 80s, oh 90s, God. 2000s, 2010s, wow. and now the 2020s. Wow, all right, Five okay. decades. That's Woo! pretty good. I wow. mean, you were at the end of one, but like, okay. it still counts. All right, all right, dude. But, uh... <laughs> I'm in four, to... like, it's not like <laughs> that much of a difference. Yeah, yeah, when you, when you say parts of, it makes it sound a lot older. A lot worse. Right? Like, when you think about it, though, but... you've been part of five different decades. I've been all part right. of four, but like... That's like twice our age, but still, like, it's still kind of crazy. All well, right. maybe for me, not for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> this guy. This guy today. But anyway. I'm losing with everything else Ooh, as far as soccer goes. Dang. I got to throw in some yeah, jabs somewhere. Be ageist. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I think uh, them playing on a Tuesday, I think it's a lot better than maybe what the alternative was, which was a Wednesday. Um, because I think uh, it gives us an extra day in that sense. I like a Tuesday versus kind of the Wednesday because you can play on a Friday or a Saturday. Neither of us are used to watching our teams play on no, we're not. Wednesdays anymore. No, we're not. Hashtags first days, hashtag oh. But, uh, and that also won't conflict with, uh, you know, our, our watching schedule. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, so it's all good things, I think. But, um, but anyway, so, uh, LA United have also announced their six, at least six home fixtures that have the upper bowl open for the season. That's Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Seattle, NYCFC, LAFC, and Columbus. Interesting on the Columbus part. I... Is that the last day of the season? Uh, no, I, I believe it's DC United. For... Oh yeah, well, that's our last home game of the season. Yeah, so sure, Back I guess. Get it, but... but it's still Columbus. Okay, fine, 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 fine. But uh, the, all the other ones make plenty of sense because they're either openers or they're against big squads and so. Yeah, okay. Uh, but are there other ones that you guys have wanted that should be, you know, an upper bowl game? Let us know in the comments. But, uh, you know, I think uh, those are at least it for now because, you know, uh, absolutely, it is a thing where they're trying to gauge the interest first. It's still, you know, uh, still really only the fourth year. And so you really have to still uh, not open it for every single match. I think that's the thing is that some people are like, well, you what you could get 55, 60,000 a game. Yeah, but then there'd be 15,000 empty seats in the upper bowl. And right. they'd rather it be full and look full and be loud that way as opposed to having 15,000 empty seats. And right. I totally get that. Now, if there was the demand, and also if you haven't watched a game from the 300s, it's a long way up. So like, 
will you, and it's the biggest bowl, like biggest part of the stadium in terms of seats. So would you want, where you, is there enough demand to have mm. that full all the time? I'm not sure if we're there yet. So I still kind of like how it is with the big cup games, obviously will mm. be a full stadium. And then you have these six right here. Mm. So I'm fine with it as it yeah. is still. I still like the, the view of the 300s actually. It's really? like, yeah, it's you, you, you yeah, it's a long way up, but you can really get a really large picture of the game as well. Versus, you know, if you're on the, at midfield, you kind of get a shrouded kind of view, especially yeah. if you're close to the sideline. To be line. fair, you can't really see so. shit from the supporter section either, so. Yeah, there are a lot of things shrouding it as well. So sometimes you just have to look up at the halo board, but it, it is. Yeah, it could be worse. I think there's still really decent sidelines at defense, but um, yeah. And so there's this, uh, this very interesting uh, graphic that uh, was put out, um, and we'll show it on screen, but it basically talked about the short rest that uh, a lot of teams are facing this season. And guess who gets boned the worst on that once again? Of course, it's that guy. And uh, so in terms of uh, the number of games on three days rest, we are leading with six. Uh, on the number of games on three or four days rest, we have a whopping 12. Uh, another person, uh, yeah, Inter Miami have 11, and man, uh, you know, they're they're gonna be under it as well. Now. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Seattle Sounders also have 12 as well, but in terms of both being kind of the worst, we've got the worst, and so super It'd fun. It'd be great if we had squad to away. Yeah, so we don't know about all that, yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, we, uh, Definitely, yeah, it's, I think, what it noted in that uh, kind of tweet as well was that teams that share stadiums seem to have to do worse off here, and of course. And that's also not including a potential US Open Cup run or CONCACAF Champions League. Exactly, that, this only factors in the MLS schedule. Yes. Yeah, so super fun on that regard. Hooray! But uh, the scheduling gods of MLS have boned us again. Yeah. But anyway, sure that was a Thursday night game in Miami. Really? Yeah, a Thursday in yeah. Miami. Still what the bizarre. Hell? Exactly. Like this is pretty marquee. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But like Thursday, really? Yeah, it's like putting your headliner first in a uh, in, in a, a show. concert. Why yeah, would you like, do that? Exactly. And it's like, and, but then everyone has to stay around and watch the opening acts come afterwards. Exactly. Like, no. Very bizarre. What? Anyway, so, uh, okay, next piece of news is that Jose Martinez, he could return to the Venezuela setup because the manager that he hates so much, Rafael Dudamel, uh, yeah, he has departed for, uh, yeah, he has departed the national team. And so, you know, in terms of that, Joseph could return. And, yeah, I mean, it obviously doesn't mean well for people that don't like international, uh, you know, windows and all that, but... <laughs> But uh, in terms of that, there's a guy that might be, that you might have heard of, that might be lined up for the job for Venezuela, and that is Diego Menardona. And wow, I mean, yeah, fantastic player. I mean, maybe the best ever, depending on who you ask. But for uh, a manager role right now, I don't think he's really a guy that you should be bringing into your setup. I mean... You know, uh, Joseph might learn some bad habits maybe from uh, Diego Maradona. He also might learn some really good things from Maradona. But uh, right now he's known for being a pretty big uh, druggie, I feel like, as well. So You've seen the gifts of him from the World Cup? Yeah. The biggest thing for me is that there's another Copa America next year. Yeah. I don't know why they have so many of these. Like, if they could get it they set on back a schedule, back times, like, that know. would be great. But, like... Whatever, I get it. Maybe they're trying to have it set up every four years after this year. But 
there's another Copa America. And that's the right. point is that you lose Joseph again and there's yeah. currently no other striker on the roster. So that's not ideal. It's to be losing your best player to an international break in, in the as of dead year, heat of summer. In the dead heat of well. summer. Like, yeah. it's because what if he picks up an injury or anything like that? I just. And I he mean, will be gone for a while, and especially if they advance. And yeah, and, well. and the thing is, you want him to do well and to succeed with his national right. team because you know how much pride it brings him. You right. know how, I mean, if you, and if Venezuela, you pay attention to him, yeah, it, he also. wears Venezuela on his heart. Like, that is, he loves to represent his country. He just had a really bad relationship with the past manager. Really so, bad falling out, yeah. You know, you want him to be successful, but selfishly, you know, like with every Atlanta player after the Miles Robinson injury, I don't want them going on an international break. Yeah, and speaking of all that, yeah, the players that uh, could have gone to kind of January camp, they were left out. Uh, they were pretty much, yeah, in terms of LA United, they were like, yeah, we don't want them to go. Because CCL is happening really soon. And, and our preseason is happening. Yeah, very soon. And, and they don't so, need to go and get smacked by Red Bull Salzburg and Jesse Marsh. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know we're uh, we're good, we're good. But um, so that's I think uh, yeah we have that to look forward to. Back to Jose Martinez, unfortunately. But um, so speaking of uh, Jose Martinez and maybe a just uh, you know former kind of bromance that well I think it's probably still bromance. Oh, yeah, it's probably bromance. Basically but, Miguel on update. Yeah, Miguel Miron scored his first goal. In his uh, in his Premier League kind of career, it was his 27th game. Unfortunately, took him almost the whole year. Yeah, and uh, it was an 83rd minute winner though. So yeah, that at least. Be Crystal Palace. Yeah. Shirt came off, hugged the ball boy, stadium yeah. saying his name. Happy days. I think uh, yeah. In terms of Miggy, you know, you're happy for the the, the lad because he just definitely I think deserves more than one goal in 27 as a return. That's just it's. It's been kind of sad to see that he hasn't been, uh, you know, kind of producing more. But I they think, love him there because he works his socks off. Exactly, and so I think hopefully this is a, you know, really good kind of uh, just it sparks a lot more goals and assists. Hopefully, but uh, yeah, and finally in the news, uh, our thoughts are with the family and friends of Edward Ashoff, a uh, ESPN reporter who was also a Five Track fan who just very unfortunately passed away recently uh, during the holiday and festive period. Uh, so I can't imagine that that was at any stretch of the imagination uh, anything good for you know his family and friends. So our thoughts and prayers are with him. And uh, yeah, I mean, you hate to see anybody uh, that's a 5 Track fan, you know, just uh, have to, you know, do that. It's just, yeah, terrible. But um, so... Anyway, uh, on from that somber note, uh, it gets us to the buy or sell segment. And simply, we put up an Atlanta United topic, or in this sense, maybe some MLS-centric topic because it's the offseason. So <laughs> we want to mix it up a little bit and you know, kind of talk about some of the things that are happening in the league or kind of uh, league adjacent. So first topic is... Diego Alonso, the new Inter-Miami head coach. Yeah, I heard a coach. Wow. Yay. Yeah, uh, who has won, uh, yeah, two CONCACAF Champions Leagues and a Liga MX title as a manager. He, uh, yeah, basically the buy or sell question is, will Diego Alonso, will he win less games than Frank DeBoer in 2020? Buy or sell. So it's very interesting because both rosters, despite this being their first season and our fourth, are in a bit of a state of flux. 
But that being said, I just imagine that they're both yes, full. I will buy that death. he wins less games in Frank DeBoer this season. I think it okay. is their first, it is their inaugural season. They still have a lot going on there. It'll take some time for them to get the, the, the run of MLS. I think they do have some very talented players, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it is going to be a new year. And I think Atlanta United are still very talented. And if they can get the signings in that they would like to get, and strengthen the roster. This team is one of the best in the league and will continue to do well, I think. And I think just being their first season, I think Atlanta will win more games than Inter Miami. Yeah, I mean, they've gotten a hell of a coach. Uh, yeah. I, I also buy that, yeah, Frank Ford will win more games. But uh, it's just, yeah, it is that first season. You kind of have a betting in period. Uh, and especially just, I think, one, with how they're playing in terms of uh, what, you know, Diego Alonso like, wants to do and, you know, that play style, which is a little bit more pragmatic and uh, maybe a little bit more like counter-attacking style. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, in terms of how many games that they'll actually win-win, it might be more that they'll draw in the MLS. I think, so. I think depending on how their roster, I've said I think I think twice in like the last two minutes. That's weird. Yeah. Anyway, um, I believe that they're going to be a team like Atlanta United and LAFC that you'll see their really good stuff come out their second season yeah. when they've got their other players. And by all accounts, they're going for some big name superstars from Europe as well that might not come around until that second season. So for Inter Miami, I think first year will be their betting in. They'll learn to do well. I could see them making the playoffs maybe, yeah. getting one of those in that seventh spot. But I think we'll see the best of Inter Miami in their second year, just like you did with LAFC and Atlanta United. Yeah. And, but. Really, it's a statement of intent, I think, getting a guy that, yeah, was pretty much the Monterey coach. I mean, that's just like, shit. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, and they let him go in this, what, was it September or so? Because they weren't having a great run of games. They, yeah. they still went, end up winning the league title, which is kind of crazy. Right. But he won them the Champions League. He was the manager when they beat Atlanta United on the route to CONCACAF Champions League right. this past year. So he is a dang good coach. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So uh, next buy or sell topic is that Zlatan Ibrahimovic will do better in Syria with AC Milan than with LA Galaxy. So... It's a really interesting question, and it's kind of hard to buy or sell this because he won nothing in MLS. Yeah. So, but he scored a bunch of goals. He scored a bunch of goals. So he we'll go will also win nothing with Milan because they are hopeless. Yeah. And I will sell that he will do better in Serie A because I don't think he will score as many goals for them as he did for LA Galaxy. The competition is of a higher standard, and he's on a team that is by all accounts woeful in that league. So I don't know how much he will be able to rescue them because they are terrible. Yeah. And they're probably going to be on their third manager of the year within the next couple of weeks if results don't get better. Yeah. I mean, Zlatan, I, think, I believe he scored like 29 goals in MLS last season. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's doing that in the Serie I think it's, yeah, definitely. A league that prides itself on defense. Right. And so, uh, and especially, I mean, they're going to shithouse him. Shithouse him to death real probably, I feel like. that. Yeah, I mean, his chances are kind of going to be fewer and further between than he got in MLS. But, uh, and plus, he's a year older. But either any, either way, anyway, that, uh, yeah, Zlatan, yeah, I mean, I think he won't be able to conquer that league either. So. I mean, he already did before. Yeah. This is kind of like a swan song, yeah. I guess. But I think the kind of dig is that, yeah, he didn't retire here. So, you know, this whole kind of retirement 
league thing. He he went to MLS and then went to Serie A. We're yeah. not in our time. It's a stepping stone for his last time. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So uh, yeah, that does it for the buy or sell segment and gets us to the mailbag. You guys send in these questions through IG Story. Please continue to do so, and we might answer your question in the future. First question comes from Luke Say. Do we go with a younger talent to replace LGP or get a veteran who's experienced in MLS? Um, it's a very, actually, that's a really good question. I would tend to go with a veteran just to pair with Miles Robinson so he has someone that knows the league because bringing in another young player, Miles Robinson, excuse me, is still very young. I don't know if he's ready for that leadership role yet. Take another player under his wing. So I'd like to go for another experienced player. Like if you somehow had the allocation money or the ability to go out and get you know, like an Aaron Long who hates his life at Red Bulls right now and admittedly wants to go to Europe, but if he can't, I mean, that'd be an incredible player they're to not have gonna, alongside. They're not going to I know that. Player. I'm saying, <laughs> as an example, to sure. get an MLS play, a top-level MLS defender to replace yeah. Piers and Gonzalez Piers would be great. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd rather to go with the experience there than someone who is young and developing because you already kind of have that with bringing George Campbell into the first team this year. Yeah. I think, uh, for me, it's someone that, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, is kind of that profile that LGP... Uh, was brought in, like, yeah, still experienced, uh, and definitely the profile of an LGP in terms of good on the ball, and maybe not as uh, kind of yellow card prone, but, uh, you know, it's acceptable, I feel like, because we still want a lot of games with LGP. So, I mean, it's one of those things where even if it were, it's really not the end of the world. Like, he, his fouls, more or less, they were kind of kind of uh, not in discipline. It was more that he, at times, I feel like. Was a uh, shithouser? Yeah, he was a shithouser, and he did the tactical foul more so at times, like taking one for the team, and he had to do it. There are other times that, yes, like, why did you foul why him? Why did you do that? Three times in a row. Like, okay, sure. But I think that was a little fewer than the, uh, you know, the kind of tactical fouls. But anyway, I think it's someone, yeah, maybe from South America, maybe from, you know, uh, Mexico that... Kind of fits that type of profile and uh, can provide us what we need, and still is you know not uh, a veteran by MLS standards, but is still kind of a veteran of the game. So, uh, next question comes from Ari Beep Beep: How many teams are we playing in the preseason before our game versus Matagua, and when? So currently, right now, there's only one preseason game to our knowledge that has been announced, and that's February 8th versus Birmingham Legion. And then that's it. But I definitely assume that there will be more uh, games announced. I think last season it was a little bit kind of a kind of different thing because of Frank DeBoer not really wanting to play in front of the public because there was still uh, you know that period where he was trying to get accustomed to the team and likewise done with him. Uh, this season I think they will play more publicly, but it's a matter of I think also a CBA type of thing that might be uh, affecting some things. In terms of, uh, you know, maybe teams setting up things uh, in concrete form. So, I think, uh, yeah, there needs to at least be, though, I think four games. That's, Preferably five. Yeah, that are, like, really, like, top-level competition that we could face. But Birmingham Legion, maybe not that, but maybe is kind of the uh, more, you know, the first ones that we do. But... Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a rush. We'll need to uh, get these out soon, so hopefully that gets announced very quickly in the coming days. Uh, next question comes from Hector LH6. Should we be worried that we haven't made any drastic signings? 
Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I am slightly concerned. I wouldn't know if I'd say like full on worried yet, but I am slightly concerned because the team knew Dominic Nappy was leaving a long time ago. And I think it's a fair judgment to make that the team had an idea that LGP was leaving. I don't think this move would be made suddenly and quickly without due process. Yes, you have the Brooks London signing, but that's been it so far. And there are big holes in this roster that you need to fill. And I'm of the opinion that the best and most efficient clubs get their business done early in the window. I would have expected Atlanta to have most of these deals tied up in December, have been working on them for the past few months, and then announcing them as soon as the window opens, as soon as we get to January and players can move and you can start announcing these deals. And also let it be known that you don't have to wait till the transfer window opens to announce that you've signed somebody. You can announce it and then they join later. Mm -hmm. So I'm a bit surprised that these things haven't happened yet because there are a lot of holes that need to be filled and there's at least six, seven signings that I think need to be made to really fill out your first team roster with quality players. So I'm a bit concerned, but we'll see what the next couple of weeks bring us because from all the noises that have been made from both Frank DeBoer and the front office, they want their squad set going into preseason. Frank Nwar didn't like the whole, is he staying, is he going with Miggy, even though he knew he was mostly leaving. And he didn't like the idea that the Pity Martinez transfer didn't get tied up. And then he had the Darlington Nagby thing. He wants his squad together for preseason. So I'm a bit concerned, but we'll see what happens. You know, things can happen very quickly as we've seen. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now there's 23 players that are currently part of the roster. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's a good bit, but it's still, there's, yeah very glaring holes like you were mentioning and so yes that includes guys like carlton luis fernando exactly George homegrown Campbell, guys and lgp yeah. still who is leaving right and so yeah there are yeah gonna be subtracting from that as well it really is uh yeah we're gonna get under the gun soon uh but yes i think it's still that cba needs to be signed january 31st if it does not and there is a work stoppage Ooh, this is gonna get a little ugly for MLS. And, yeah, and uh, I think that's that's a really good point because that's not something that is necessarily on the club for Atlanta United. And this can yeah. on it this goes all the way back really to the whole Julian Gressel situation where both sides are right. Julian Gressel deserves more money, and the club has allocation money, but they don't know how much they can pay him. Right. And if you're Julian Gressel, do you want a contract now when you potentially could get more money with how the CBA goes? Yeah. So clubs that are at a standstill, Atlanta United doesn't know. Are there going to be more DPs? Is there going to be more allocation money? Can we afford yeah. to sign better players who are more expensive? Mm -hmm. What can we do? What can we spend? Those things are unknown, and that's not the team's fault. That's MLS not having its shit together fault. You know, they're fine adding teams for $350 million or whatever the hell it is in terms mm -hmm. of expansion fees, but they can't get a CBA figured out because the owner, the same owners who are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to acquire teams are too cheap to pay for charter flights or to give their players a higher base salary. So you're in a real conundrum right now. And my irritation with all of this is firmly placed on the league because I feel like they're in the position to help grow the sport but they want to be tight-assed about it. Mm -hmm. If that's how they're going to be, you're going to hurt your products. Right. Uh, it maybe is that kind of uh, Hannibal Burris kind of gif or you know, at least a clip from that, uh, that episode where he's pretty much saying, why are you booing me? Like, I'm right. <laughs> so it's pretty much, yeah, both sides, Allen United and Julian Russell, there is a degree of, yeah, they're kind of right, though. And it's just, 
you know, it's a kind of awkward situation that we're all being put in and we're having to choose sides. And so, and it's one of those weird things because you don't have this anywhere else really. Like you have players associations, but they're not out here signing CBA. It's not a CBA in the Premier League. Like no. it's just like, cause the clubs are run independently. They're yeah. not run as a single entity. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those weird quirks about American sports that you saw with the NFL or the NBA where they had lockouts because they had no CBA. It's crazy to think, but here we are. Yeah, but uh, anyway, next question comes from Keaton Thomas 61 Which home matches are you most looking forward to this season? LAFC, I think for sure. Yeah, but definitely. for me, it's Miami. I really want to see Miami. I think yeah. they're, gonna, they're a new team. They're going to be interesting. And I think that we talked about it in our last five straight weekly. They are going to be a rival for Atlanta. I think they're one of those big clubs that and, you know, we talked about Charlotte potentially maybe one if they put their money where their mouth is and want to be a big team too. But you know from the noises coming out of Miami, it's a glam city run being, you know, faced by the, one of the most glam people in the world and David Beckham. Yeah. So you know they're going to want to be a really good team. And, and this will be the first time that the two teams face and face off each other. And I'm really excited to see what happens and hopefully get the best of another team from Florida. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love both of those answers. Uh yeah, kind of going back to a little bit, though, that Columbus was kind of the, uh, one of the upper bowl games. Yeah, I think Columbus actually are looking a lot better. And then with Nagby, mm. that will be really interesting. Especially, he'll get a hell of a reception. He'll get a hell of a reception. That'll be kind of fun. And then there will be kind of like, it's close to the last day. It's the penultimate, penultimate day of the season in terms of uh, matches. And so, yeah, that will be kind of a, a tough game. So that might be bigger than I previously thought. Uh, I think the one, maybe the kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of obscure one that I'm looking forward to is against Montreal Impact because Thierry Henry oh, yeah. is there. Uh, if he is, if he's still the manager, apparently he's then... being linked with a Barcelona job. And like, did anyone see what happened at Monaco? Yeah, but that wasn't okay. Okay, partially wasn't his fault. The other part where he man managed poorly, okay, that's his fault. But yeah, really badly. Like he he yeah. made his player push in a chair at a press conference and embarrass him, and by yeah. all accounts, got frustrated with all of these European top level players because they couldn't kick a ball as well as he could. Like, how's that gonna go down in MLS? If we're being honest, more or less Barcelona. You think he's gonna look at and be like, hey Leo, I know we played together, but you're doing it wrong. Messi's <laughs> gonna be like, I know you're Thierry Henry, but I'm better than you. Like. How is it's that going to go? Like, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, it will be really interesting, but still, he's one of my idols, and uh, yeah, I think it will be incredible to see him at the Benz. I mean, I should see him do well. I mean, yeah. he has personality, so it'll be it'll be a definitely yeah. interesting. I, I, thing I think really. the jur jury's still out on how he is as a coach yet, so you know, we'll uh, we'll wait. You probably have made up your mind, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for he, me, he was a shambles. I'll, I'll okay. give him more benefit of the doubt because, yeah. For obvious reasons. <laughs> Understandable. But uh, but anyway, so next well, heck question. Though, you would have seen Vieira and hopefully Henri both managing MLS. That's yeah. kind of for, for a gooner. That's got to be kind of cool. I know. It, it ain't bad. It ain't bad. It ain't bad. But uh, maybe, yeah, it'll be Freddie Longberg next. <laughs> Youngberg, rather. But anyway, so uh, Ella Bell 006 asks, what do you think will happen with Justin Miram? Do you think Atlanta will resign him? It's interesting. Um, you know, I had heard a little bit about maybe him going to China and getting a payday there, but China just changed their rules yeah. and they've really put a cap on the spending for foreign players now. Yeah. So China's not going to be the payday that it has been where you can just go there, get paid an absurd amount of money and then come back. So, you know, I'm not sure what will happen. We'll, we'll yeah. see. I mean, I think he definitely is a player that is 
I think won't get signed into the CBA. He was making quite a bit of money last season. I don't think he'll get the same amount, but he's a player whose value is to be determined based upon what happens with that. So I think that he could come back to Atlanta and I would welcome him back to Atlanta. Yeah. I thought he did well and he, and he filled multiple roles and showed that he could be a wing back. But I also think Atlanta would need a creative winger. And if he's allowed to play as an actual winger and not mm -hmm. a wing back, it could be very interesting, but I think that's going to be a wait-and-see type situation. Yeah, I think he's a depth piece uh, on our team, and if he went to China, I don't think he'd really command, like, you know, Fernando Torres money or, no. you know, uh, Oscar money. But, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely a thing where, uh, yeah, it's so contingent on the CBA of one, but on the team, I think it's also a fit thing. And so he would be our, I believe, like fourth or fifth wing back in a sense. If, if we play with wing backs. Yeah, and if we play with wing backs. So there it's like, okay, if he plays as an out and out winger, I mean, it's just on those wages that he had currently, it wouldn't be, he would have right. to pick up. So. Yeah, so yeah, like you said, it's a system. What system are is Atlanta going with? Because depending on that, will determine whether they sign a player for a position that they don't use right. and, a, and a money fit. So we'll see what happens. I mean, again, player would be nice to have, but yeah. if he doesn't fit, he doesn't fit. You don't sign players that don't fit. Right. Yeah, I mean, but also though, by all counts, a great locker room guy as well. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it, I would welcome him back. Can confirm so. he is very funny. Yeah. Uh, so next question comes from GA Living Excess. Do you see PT having a breakout season? Yes, I think P is going to be a double-digit goal and assist guy this season. I think he's going to get 10-plus in both of those categories. So I, yeah. I just have a feeling that he struggled in the past in his first year when he moved to places, and I just think that we're going to get the best out of him this year. Yeah. And maybe that's a hope and a prayer, but I, I just have a good feeling about him. I yeah. think he's going to settle in because he does want to get that move, and the pressure's on him to do that, and he knows he's going to have to perform. So I think he's going to do a lot better this year. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I agree with those points. Also, um, yeah, he looked a lot better as the season progressed last season, there were also moments where, especially in big games, yeah, I mean, he scored those goals. He was the guy that uh, kind of kind of spurred that team on. And so it's really, um, you know, it's on Frank DeBoer to get the best out of him and also on himself to get the best out of himself. So, uh, yeah, I think it is also with that kind of, he's more comfortable in Atlanta. He has finally a rest period, which is also, I think, very important. Yeah. He was kind of very not fit uh, during the beginning part of the season. So yeah, I think with that, all the that kind of perfect chemistry, it leads to if he is healthy, he can really perform and I agree, I think he can as well. So uh, next question and last question comes from Illogical11. Do you believe this could be Barco's last season as a five striper? You wanna go first? Uh, I think we both have the same quite the same answer on this. Um, I think I think it's I don't know I don't I don't, I don't know what you're, you're thinking, but I think it's uh, probably his last season because yeah. yeah, this is you know in terms of all that interest that he had, it really I think culminates this season if he performs. It will be I think that uh, I think at the very least it will be kind of summer or the next transfer uh, window in next winter. So it's one of these two. I really highly doubt it's going to be summer because why would we do that to ourselves? Unless we're getting a boatload of... Yeah. If someone offers us 30, 35 million for him, he's gone. Right. <laughs> I hate to if, break it to you, right. but if, for that money, he's gone. Right, and if we win Champions League and if we, you know, all that, and that's why he's getting attention, then okay, yeah. He deserves it. Uh, but if uh, it's maybe not as well, but he's still very much, you know, our key cog in our team, 
uh, and we make a deep run, hopefully even win some trophies uh, in some of the tournaments and, uh, you know, and all that, I think, yeah, he's definitely gone by at least next uh, winter transfer window. Yeah, I would agree with you. Not to mention, you know, is also going to have the Olympics, which I think he'll be representing Argentina, assuming they qualify. That'll be another yeah, stage showcase. for him to succeed, to, you know, show what he has. And I, I agree with you. I mean, unless Atlanta get a really big money offer in the summer, which if you do, you say yes to that. There's no arguing about it. You have to understand where Atlanta is in the food chain. If you're getting 30 million plus, which is what Atlanta United, I think, want from him because it's a big statement as far as a, a sum received for a player. You lose that 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 uh, clause in terms of uh, Independiente is falling off. So you could also be getting more money based upon how the CBA goes. I really think that, you know, it had to be a big number in the summer, but if he performs well for Atlanta and it performs well for Argentina in the Olympics, there I don't see him being on Atlanta and past January of 2021. And that's the model. That's what you promised him. That's what you wanted. That's what he wanted. And, you know, we'll see what he does in Europe. But my gut feeling is the same as you. I think this is the last season of Ezekiel Barco. Yeah. And uh, hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a great one. Hopefully it's a great one. Maybe you can also be a double-double guy. Because if you have a 10-plus 10, 10 assists yeah. from him and PT Martinez, oh, yeah. is probably scoring a lot of goals. And Atlanta is going to be in a pretty dang good place if you got all three DPs firing, which they didn't last year. So Yeah, very true. But anyway, that does it for the mailbag and pretty much the entire show except for the question of the day. What do we got? And guys, it is the new year. It is a new decade. And our question to you is, what would you want Atlanta United's New Year's resolution to be? Get down in the comments below and let us know what you guys have to say. And guys, that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we'll pop up higher in your rankings. And for Tanner, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah.